Check. Check. Five by five. What's five by five? I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of. Haven't you seen that on movies? No. Five by five? Yeah, what? I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm reading you like five by five. I think it's like your signal's clear. Oh, it's like a saying. You say that yeah, when you're yeah, like, yeah. Check, like like check mm-hmm. five by five. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that, but I think it's, it's good to know. I think it's a thing. Maybe I'm making it up. I, I don't know. What if I respond five by three or four Ooh, by two? Not all clear. It's bad. Yeah. It's code for something. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, Tad. Dr. Wignall. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Yep. We are going to talk about codependency today. Mm. At least I hope we are. Let's do it. It's a very confusing term to me. I'm still, I feel like I still get confused by this term. Yeah? I don't quite understand it, so maybe you can kind of educate me a little bit more about codependency. Okay. Now, so maybe one place to start off with. It's my impression that codependency is not really a sort of clinical psychological term. It comes more out of the sort of addiction AA 12-step universe. Is that is that correct or incorrect? Like, I don't remember learning about codependency in grad school in psychology mm. at all. I don't think it makes up any, like diagnostic criteria or, or anything like that. I, I think, I, I do believe you're right there. It's not, it's not like a diagnostic thing, but I, th- I think it's a more description of a relationship dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I do some couples counseling, my, entrated, my training did include kind of some okay. information about codependency, although it wasn't like a major topic. It was more meant to describe a specific right. type of relationship. Yeah. But this is one of those things that I feel like is really implanted in the public consciousness about sort of relationship stuff, mental health. Like I get so many people coming into my therapy office saying like, Oh my God, I think I'm codependent or I think I'm in a codependent Mm. relationship. Um, and I'm not saying they're not, but it's, it's just interesting to me that it is, it is one of those terms that is definitely, um, pretty widely available in terms of like lay understanding of psychology and relationships and stuff like that. I I think a lot of the times when, um, I guess in any field when when a specific term is kind of generalized um, and, and we come to, to all use it pretty commonly in our vocabulary, it doesn't mm-hmm. quite mean what, what it means to a professional maybe in that field. Um, yeah, like I think of um, addictive personality. That's another one I hear a lot mm-hmm. that I'm mm-hmm. not really sure what that means, but I mean, a lot of people are pretty sure they have it. I like what I like. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Addictive personality. Um, well, even people, a lot of times when they say depressed, you know, you kind yeah, of wonder, are you, are you right. really depressed? Like, could you be diagnosed as depressed? You know, or, or but. Yeah, mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. These kind of broad terms that, mm-hmm. that are used. Yeah. So let's get, let's get more specific about, like, how do you think about codependency? Like, where does this show up for you? Um, oftentimes you'll see clients that are, um, usually I'll, I'll find the really compassionate client, uh, a person with a, a great deal of empathy and a care for someone who is, in fact, enabling uh, behavior that's really unhealthy 
um, in their partner or their friend or, or whoever mm-hmm. that is. But th- that's usually the dynamic that's being described where one person in a relationship is enabling really unhealthy behavior tendencies in another. Okay. So is it, this sounds like nitpicking, but do you say that a relationship is codependent or one person is codependent? Like is Well, for the, it, it's a dynamic. So both are required in order for the, that to be a codependency type relationship where, yeah, so, so, so you have, you have one person who's kind of mm, what overly, dependent, care, overly one, dependent one, and then person's one person dependent. who's enabling that dependency. Basically. Gotcha. So okay. it's codependent. It's so, two. Yeah. So the dynamic, the relationship between the people is codependent. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So what, what what's like a classic example of this? Like where, where does, oh, man. What well, does this you know, you, like? you mentioned that, that this is mentioned a lot in addiction, um, work, um, because, oftentimes somebody in, in a relationship there might be enabling the other person's addiction to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so you see this a lot in, in substance abuse work where family dynamics kind of grow around these things. And um, maybe, maybe dad, let's say, has a really bad drinking problem, um, but mom's more than happy to kind of clean up the messes afterwards, you know, mm. um, you know, after dad's thrown a fit and gotten violent and whatever, mom just kind of quietly cleans it all up and is still buying alcohol for the guy and, gotcha. you know, is, is frustrated, but, but really not doing anything to kind of curtail that behavior or uh, change that situation. Um, that, that may be a really stereotypical kind of situation, but yeah, you but do see that a lot. That's interesting too, because it, it sort of makes a distinction between like the buying alcohol for someone who's an alcoholic is a very overt, you are, yes, you are giving them something unhealthy for them, right? But then the other part of that example you mentioned is, is interesting too, where like cleaning up someone's mess for them, either, either explicitly or metaphorically is... Yeah, making the apologies, you know, paying the bills, you know, that, to, that allow this kind of behavior to continue. Because I think, tell me if I'm right or not, it removes sort of natural consequences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Exactly. There would otherwise be consequences that might move someone in the direction of doing less of something. But if you take those natural consequences away, um, they can't learn as well. Well, and not only kind of um, cleaning up the consequences uh, or preventing natural consequences, but um, tolerating um, that kind of behavior inside a relationship is not a healthy thing. Why not unpack that a little bit? So if you, if you have a, a spouse who, um, let's say has major kind of anger and aggression issues and just really like lets you have it sometimes and you just kind of take a stiff upper lip and just kind of take it and, um, like wh- how is that break down how that's sort of enabling or codependent? Uh, your, uh, tolerance for that behavior doesn't do anything cur- to curtail it. Uh, mm-hmm. it basically means that, there's an environment there where that behavior will continue. Um, and you're in distress as well. So a lot of people who, um, are being dependent upon in a codependent relationship, um, aren't necessarily happy either. They're in a lot of distresses too. Yeah. A lot of stress. So what, tell me if, let me throw out an example and you tell me if you think this kind of fits the bill for codependence. I see, I work with a lot of people who struggle with anxiety. Um, and so I see a lot of relationships where, like my client usually is very anxious, very insecure, very indecisive, has a hard time making decisions, um, being confident. And so they end up sort of outsourcing a lot of their decision-making to their partner, friend, parent, whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, and and being extremely deferential, like kind of going along, just always kind of going along with 
whatever this more confident person in their life kind of does. And so by going along with it, they end up sort of reinforcing this idea that their, their partner or whoever it is, is the one who just makes all the decisions all the time and kind of knows best. And, and they consequently feel sort of even more disempowered and unsure and anxious. So does that, it's got this kind of self-reinforcing cycle where I feel, I feel anxious. I want to be more confident, but when the time comes, uh, I'll just let you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's bad for me because it, it, I stay kind of anxious and insecure, but it also sort of reinforces this unhealthy dynamic where this person's the decision maker and they're the one who kind of knows what's right and what to do. Like, would you describe that as codependent? Well, what you describe would be um, maybe half of the codependent relationship if their partner, friend, parent or whatever um, enables that behavior by making the decisions, by yeah. kind of taking over, um, by kind of rolling with whatever that person's anxiety dictates, then yes, that would be a codependent relationship because there's a dynamic where uh, one person's enabling mm-hmm. the um, the poor behavior or or uh, dis- disruptive mental health behaviors that are present. Gotcha. Yeah. So what do we do? Like, what if you find yourself kind of in some form of codependent relationship or dynamic like what or maybe the better way to phrase this is what makes it hard to get out of these because I think a lot of people maybe understand on some level that they're in a an unhealthy relationship and that that unhealthiness takes the form of this kind of codependency Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. what do you when in working with your clients what do you see as some of the major obstacles to people disentangling themselves from these codependent relationships more often than not the, the person enabling the behavior is is um has really kind of pernicious ideas of what it is to be a good partner. And that is like extreme compassion all the time Hmm. um, without any almost thought for yourself. You know, so typically these people are very empathetic. They're very compassionate and caring people. And it's really hard to see someone you care about suffer, Yeah, you know, and, and, or be told by somebody you care about that you should be (laughs) fixing these problems if you love them. And, so um, if you buy into that line of reasoning, it's really difficult to, to stop enabling someone because it really feels like you're doing something wrong, in quotes. Um, uh, and so it's, it's really difficult to stop. Okay, so let me play ethical devil's advocate on this because I think, I think you're right. I think this is like at the core of most situations I encounter where codependency is playing a role. Mm. I'm, let's say I'm a, I'm a parent and my I don't know, uh, kind of youngish adult child lives with me, right? And I, they are doing drugs, drinking too much, getting in all sorts of trouble, right? Um, but I don't want to, I, it's not healthy for me or my spouse or even them to continue to kind of live with me for free and be able to kind of keep going in this lifestyle. But if I kick them out, right? They, maybe they're just going to get like in more trouble, right? They're, they're going to be even worse off because they're going to be desperate for money. They're going to start doing really bad stuff. So if I, if I stopped enabling them, right, wouldn't I be, aren't I responsible for whatever kind of bad thing happens after that? Like, let's say I kick them out and they end up homeless. Like, aren't I a bad person? Cause I, I literally, my decision led to them 
becoming homeless or something. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to think of it, that your decision caused those things. And um, usually in those points, I kind of like to enjoy um, pointing out that the other person may have some responsibility in their life, perhaps. Um, but there's where you would have a codependent relationship where you may also feel responsible for everything that ever happens to this person. And I would... That's usually a dead giveaway that there's some codependency there. Yeah, but it's it's not just that like bad things happen to people sometimes. It's that I'm I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a decision, right? I'm literally taking away the keys to stop enabling poor decisions. Yeah, and yeah. so it's it's a little more com- like I have a little more compassion for these people because it's not just as cut and dry as like well bad things happen to, to people sometimes and I can't control everything, mm. right? It's that no sometimes. I have to do something and negative things happen in part as a result of that. Even though I know, yes, like a lot of this is on them, right? Mm -hmm. I can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not totally responsible for them. They have a lot of responsibility in this too. Yeah. I think a lot of people get hung up on, well, I could prevent this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's within my power. it's It's within my power to prevent this. Yeah. And if I don't do that, how can I live with myself? Well, I think there's the, the key in the enabling because it, it is within your power, right? And enabling is exercising your power to prevent them from experiencing any kind of negative consequence of their own behavior. And so, yes, by, by not enabling them, they may suffer a, a consequence, a negative consequence that they're not going to be happy with. You're exactly right. Yeah, or that I'm not going to be happy with. Like, I, like, I mean, on a, so maybe on a smaller or less intense scale. One of the things I see a lot with my, my anxious clients is their spouses and partners have a really hard time not swooping in and, and sort of reassuring them when they're really anxious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So my client's really anxious about something, something that ha- like happened at work and they're stressed out about it and worried about it. And their partner sees them visibly yeah. anxious, yeah. stressed out. It's, and it's, that's awful when you see someone you love in pain, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and they're so tempted to go and it's like, no, it'll be okay. Like, here's why it's probably not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, this brings up an interesting point, which is what's the difference between codependence and sort of healthy support? Well, like one, just being supportive of someone. One doesn't prevent the other from learning uh, on their own about how to handle their emotions or their situations and enabling this codependent kind of behavior of enabling prevents the other person from experiencing those consequences that they would probably learn from or that they might learn Mm. from. Um, Support doesn't prevent you from learning and and kind of handling those things and and working through them by yourself or um, adapting better behaviors around those things. The other one prevents you from doing that. Yeah, and this is what I, I see a lot is that like there's two types of people in the world. There are people who give support occasionally and there's people who give support constantly, mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? And so as a heuristic, as a rule of thumb, I kind of think about it like that. Like if if you are literally always getting support for pe- from people when you're, when you're struggling, you're probably drifting into a kind of unhealthy codependency because you're not getting any opportunity to try this on your own and to learn for yourself. Yeah, that's that that's your own dependency, right? And then and then if you have people in your orbit that are enabling that and 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 they're just fine, 
talking you down from every situation or every kind of problem yeah. that you get into, there's the codependent kind of dynamic. Yeah. But I think this is important because we, we say codependence like it's this very cut and dry thing. Like there's sort of unhealthy dependence and healthy sure. Dependence. And there's a spectrum of but this. There, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a spectrum, right? Because like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we all like want and benefit from support. Right. Sometimes. And we, we are all dependent on other people to some extent, to some extent. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and we all have a problem that isn't easy for us to just to, take care of. Yes. And so we get support from time to time on those things. And so, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And that's a good distinction too, is that, um, there are like, there are two kinds of problems, problems we absolutely cannot solve on our own. Right. And literally need help solving versus problems that are hard for us to solve on our own, uncomfortable, difficult, painful, even, um, but we can solve on our own and would benefit from solving on our own. Right. 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 Yeah. And so, so if you're that person, the, the potential enabler, right, that's one thing you want to keep track of is, is this a problem they could work through on their own? Or is it something where, th- no, they're really just like completely lost on this and they, they have no, they, they could really use, um, could benefit from. Yeah. Well, and, and there's also a difference between enabling someone to do something uh, unhealthy and um, uh, providing, you know, emotional support for or or even uh love and attention for you know the the idea is enabling is like you are making it whatever behavior um readily accessible and and often providing um a trail you know i mean it's one thing to um to support your spouse who's trying to lose weight by encouraging them by taking walks with them by um talking with them about those things it's another to buy them ice cream (laughs) you know, every day and bring right. it home and set it on the counter and say, and, you, and usually in codependent relationships, it's not like they're happy to do that. They'll put the ice cream on the counter and then say, I really wish you'd stop eating this, mm-hmm. but you know, geez, right. I'll be back from the grocery store in a yeah. half an hour. And so there, but it, yeah. But it's hard because it requires a lot of, um, um, like, I don't know how to put this. Like you have to tolerate a lot of, it's uncomfortable. It's painful to see someone you care about struggle. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Work, that's yeah, that's very true. Work through stuff on their own. But very like true. as frankly, I think as any like parent or coach or teacher sort of knows is that like in the short term, struggle is the only way you get to strength in the long term. Yeah. Like you can't that you know, the easy way in the short term often leads to disability in mm-hmm. the long term. When you see this, as you mentioned the example of kind of kids adult kids living with parents and um maybe very, really taking advantage of that situation. Um, you can you can kind of step back from that and see how parents might be actually preventing uh, maturation and growth by by enabling this kind of adolescent behavior just to extend on into adult right. uh, years. So, um, but that's just it. And, and there and another another point I'll make is that not all codependent relationships are awful and need to be ended right away. You yeah. know, I mean, there's degrees of this, and it's on a spectrum. And so even though you might label a behavior within your relationship as codependent, doesn't mean that the whole relationship's awful, you know, they're, right. um, that's a great point, but there, there very well might be, you know, situations in your relationships that are very, very unhealthy. Um, you know, in addiction work, they, they talk about enabling kind of kids or, or, or people as loving them to death. You know, you're going oh. to love them to death, mm. you know? And so, so the, the extreme or in, intense nature of that codependency is on a spectrum and not everything needs to be addressed and um, rooted out right away. But 
but a good way to kind of recognize that dynamic, I think, and think about it. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.